Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 37, Animal Kingdom. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Tom. How you doing, Pete? And the ghost of Matt. Hey, guys. <laughs> We're two guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. I figured I'd bring the ghost of Matt back one more time. I tried to get I tried to get him back on the podcast tonight. Completely snubbed me. Crickets, crickets. crickets. I can I can uh, I can attest to that. You know I was waiting for you to you know mention the bonus Jonas, which we were talking about prior to the episode. We were talking about the bonus Jonas. And you, this you is not a Disney it. secret. You'd never heard of the bonus Jonas before. I had never heard of the bonus Jonas. So the Jonas Brothers apparently had another brother that was not part of the group. Not part of the group. Who knew? Known as the bonus Jonas. Why did we get? To- it do- you know, it doesn't matter. We were talking about if we if Rock and Roller Coaster was themed with Jonas Brothers, would we still ride it? It would be it would be hard for me to continue to en- enjoy Rock and Roller Coaster as much as I do if it were Jonas Brothers themed. Not no issue here. I'd still ride it. No issue. Hmm. So for tonight's episode, we were talking and we decided, hey, we have not had a run through of Animal Kingdom yet. We've done every other park. We actually spent three episodes on Epcot, but we realized we hadn't done anything with Animal Kingdom yet. So tonight we're going to be talking about Animal Kingdom. Before we get into that, Tom, what news we got for tonight? Kind of looking over it, not, not a big news news week for us here. Just a couple of items I felt would be significant to share. We're going to start over in Hollywood Studios. Obviously, there's a ton going on there. Uh, not necessarily news related for this week, but just a reminder, uh, Toy Story Land does open June 30th. And then Galaxy's Edge, scheduled for 2019. Uh, you can you can view construction updates on Galaxy's Edge and, and see some pretty good pics of Toy Story Land online right now. Uh, unfortunately, at the park, you know they, they don't have a Toy Story Mania Fast Pass line open, uh, so I wouldn't even venture that way. And they do still have walls up, so you can't see much uh, in the park of Toy Story Land. But hitting the uh, hitting, hitting something I found kind of interesting for news. You know, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror obviously has obviously Twilight Zone Tower of Terror is is one of the what four four attractions in Hollywood Studios right now. What have we got? Star- Tower of Terror. We've got Star Tours, Rock and Roller we've Coaster, got Rock and, and Roller Story Coaster, Mania. and we've got Toy Story Midway Mania. Yeah, that's it. So one of the four attractions, and they are now offering a new post ride photo op. Uh, so if you've ridden if you've ridden the Tower of Terror, you know there is a picture taken uh, in the elevator while you are going through the drops. Now they will be offering a new photo opportunity uh, in addition to that. Uh, and it's reminiscent of the one outside the Haunted Mansion's Memento Mori shop. Uh, for about 20 bucks, 1995, guests can get an 8x10 uh, print of themselves in a spirited form. Uh, the picture's taken near, uh, well, pretty close to the photo desk, I guess, at the exit of the ride, and it can be picked up immediately. I don't know of anybody who's taken advantage of this yet. Pete, have you seen any pictures of what this looks like? I haven't seen any pictures. I mean, this is pretty new, so I don't think anything's had a chance to make its way out yet. I would assume it's like, it's a picture of you, like, as a guest of the hotel. So, you know, like the four people that you see in the video or in the, in the ride kind of disappearing and waving. I would assume it's something like that. Yeah. And, and, and as we see something on this or, or anything really, we'll share with you, but this is another opportunity for, for Disney to you know, make a little money. And then if you do have people in your party who don't want to ride it, but do want to have some sort of a souvenir or a picture with a family, this is one way you can do it. So 
Again, it's about 1995, and it's an 8x10 print uh, of yourself in the spirited form. Moving over to Animal Kingdom, where we're going to spend a whole lot more time later in the episode. Obviously, we hit it last week. Up a Great Bird Adventure is now open. Uh, there's a little bit of feedback. I think most people felt that it would just be kind of a, a rethemed continuation of Flights of Wonder, uh, which... In that show, you obviously saw a ton of different birds. I enjoyed the show. I know it also had mixed reviews. Uh, but after a few of the test performances over the last few days, it seems like people have mixed reviews because there are less bird interactions and people don't believe the characters integrate naturally with the show, which I kind of understand. I mean, I, up a movie, the movie takes place in the sky. So maybe that was, and I haven't, I haven't, I haven't even watched videos of the show, but maybe that's what they were trying to draw comparison to or but you know pete i kind of understand where they're saying the characters maybe don't integrate well yeah i can see how this would be forced you know the the flights of wonder was it was a good show it didn't have any characters or anything like that in it obviously i have not seen the new show but yeah we'll have to watch it and find out yeah we'll continue to see feedback on how that's perceived and uh, we do know some folks down in, in disney world now actually so maybe they saw it uh, and we could get some feedback on their opinions. Uh, and then moving over to just some general news. It uh, looks like Disney is building another solar farm. Uh, the Reedy Creek Improvement District recently revealed a plan to build a 270-acre, uh, 50-megawatt solar farm set to be completed by the end of this year. Uh, once finished, this new facility will generate enough energy to power two theme, bar- two theme parks at, at the resort. So that's pretty neat. That is pretty cool. But outside of that... You know, Pete, I know you came across a couple news items this week talking about where, where Pandora had some ride closures. World oh, yeah. Yeah, so I did see that. So earlier in the week, you know, we we did see some some news that came out that both rides at Pandora were closed for, for multiple days. And I, I just read this evening, actually, that the Navi River Journey is back open. Not really sure about Flight of Passage, if that's back open or not yet. No real word on why these rides have been closed or what's going on with them. I would assume it's a technical problem with the rides. I don't really know what else it could be. Yeah, and, and there hasn't been much that came out on it. Obviously, this is that's a blow to Animal Kingdom. And I hate it for anyone who was there on the days that happened. Because being that I've done both the attractions there, well, I'm not a huge fan of, of Navi River Journey. You know, I, I did enjoy exploring the world of Avatar uh, and I just hate it for anybody who was there, maybe had a fast pass that day that didn't get to enjoy the attractions uh, in that land. Obviously, the land was still open. You could walk around in it, hear the sights, and uh, or hear the noises, see the sights, and you know explore that way. But you know those attractions kind of headline that area. They do, but this isn't as huge a blow to Animal Kingdom as it would be if something like this were to happen at Hollywood Studios, for example. I agree. If if Tower of Terror and, and Rock and Roller Coaster were both down for multiple days. That would be a huge blow to Animal to uh, Hollywood Studios, whereas Animal Kingdom has got enough to do and enough attractions that yeah, it's a big deal because these are the two newest attractions at Disney World, but it's really not that big of a deal. Right, right. So, and then just some other news that I came across was that uh, Disney is adding a lot more extra magic hours going into the summer in anticipation of Toy Story Land being open. There's also some more Animal Kingdom extra magic hours being offered. So. Look at that. Look at your trip that you're planning, which everybody hopefully is planning a trip soon to Disney World. I know that we're looking at one, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the rumor mill. That's the rumor mill. So we're looking at one, but um, we will be, uh, they will be having some extra magic, extra, extra magic hours at Disney World. And there's also some hotels that are getting extra magic hours 
couple of Hiltons, a Holiday Inn, Wyndham Garden Inn. All those hotels will be offered extra magic hours this summer. So there are some good neighbor hotels that are being offered extra magic hours as well. You know, this is, if you guys can remember back, uh, and Pete, I, I know you probably will. We were doing the podcast at this point. This is what Disney did with Pandora, the World of Avatar. They gave Animal Kingdom extra, extra magic hours uh, and even extended it further than they initially announced. This is smart on Disney's part. It gets people in the parks. Obviously, they know people want to see Toy Story Land and they wanted to see Pandora, the World of Avatar. Uh, they want to see Galaxy's Edge. And so from a customer enjoyment or engagement level, th- this increases how someone would rate their trip. You're giving them more access. But uh, not only that, I think Disney's a little bit worried about how full they're going to be. You know, looking at wait times over the past couple of weeks, I mean, all the attractions have been... Brutal. Yeah, exactly. Brutal Brutal. Brutal's a very good word for it. Everything's been long lines. So I think adding extra magic hours here, Disney is really trying to add some capacity, I guess, to the parks, trying to get people in earlier, maybe out earlier, because I think they're worried about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that's um that, that's a good point. That's a very good point. We talk about all the time how the I guess norm is changing. Whereas before, you know, you could go to Disney World January, February, March, most of April, and not have any problems. That trend isn't really continuing this year. It's been busy all the time, and I think with as many new attractions that are opening up, with Toy Story Land opening up, with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opening up, I think you're con- going to continue to see parks operating at capacity or close to capacity, and I think Disney's going to raise prices to respond to that. I mean, I think that's the only thing that they can do. Well, I will tell you, I, I think there will be, a, my personal opinion, there's going to be a little bit of a lull in attendance levels the three to five months leading up to Galaxy's Edge. I think exactly. so, too, because I think a lot of people will wait for that to open to go. Yep. Yep. And maybe we so, can slide in there and take advantage of some Disney discounts. Yeah, I know, right? You know, I, I, I would love to go to Disney uh, two more times in 2018, <laughs> to be totally honest. <laughs> you know, I, I really enjoyed that December trip that, that uh, my family and I took. And the October trip we went on really wasn't that bad capacity-wise either. Maybe we can get another October trip going. Who knows? Hmm. I know, I know one of our listeners would be excited for that. He certainly would. All right, so anything else for the news? That's all I had, and I think that's all we discussed this week. So, Okay, well, good. Well, we'll take just a minute here to hear from our partner, and then we'll move right into our main topic. This episode was brought to you by Destinations with Character Travel Agency, where quality service and client satisfaction are their top priority. Family time and memory making are so important, so trust the many dedicated and professional travel consultants at Destinations with Character to plan your dream vacation. They will provide you and your loved ones the most magical vacations possible, and they take great pride in meeting each client's needs, all while staying within budget and providing multiple options to make your vacation dreams a reality. With over 30 agents across the country, Destinations with Character Travel Agency has the resources to give each client dedicated one-on-one service. So experience their over 50 years of expertise at Disney parks, cruises, and travel as Destinations with Character Travel Agency takes the stress and hassle out of your vacation so you can enjoy it to the fullest. Simply give them a call to get started at 630-308-2350 and let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel Agency, making dream vacations come true every single day. You can reach them at their email account, D-E-S-T-W-I-T-H-C-H-A-R at Comcast.net or their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com. Okay, so moving right into our main topic for tonight. Again, we're going to walk through Animal Kingdom. 
This has been the only park that we've pretty much neglected throughout our podcast, and I think it's time we went through it. We actually spent three episodes on Epcot, so certainly we can devote one to Animal Kingdom, right? Yeah, I, you know, I, especially this is this is moving up my favorites list. It is. You know, they've got Pandora here now. That's that's big time. And your favorite ride at Disney World right now? Well, besides Space Mountain, you know, it's the best ride at Disney World, but Space Mountain still still holds as my favorite ride. So let's just kind of walk through here. And, and you know, looking at a map of Animal Kingdom, I was really surprised where Pandora is located. Yep. For some reason, I, I thought it was in a different place. And I'm not really sure why that is, but I thought it was in a different place. Well, it took over where Camp Minnie and Mickey formerly was. Correct. Correct. Coming into the entrance, and this is one of the few parks that I've actually parked in the parking lot and taken the tram to the entrance. We did it on the Mendu Disney trip. All the other parks, I normally just take a bus and get dropped off at the bus line. But this is one of the few parks that I've actually parked in the parking lot, taken a tram, which was a pretty good experience. We didn't have to wait at all. The tram was huge, plenty of room on it. So you get to the parking lot, you walk in the park, you cross the bridge. The first thing you see is a tree of life. And that's quite a sight. That is one of my favorite things at Disney World. And and I, for the episode, since you referenced the map, I, I uh, pulled it up just so I could uh, kind of stay with you every step of the way. A lot of things you see walking down Main Street that are I always say maybe you need to stop into. Even Hollywood Studios has its fair share. Epcot has Spaceship Earth right there. And, you know, Interventions is meh. Mouse Gear is a great store to go into. Animal Kingdom is one of them where I'd pretty much power through to the bridge to get to the Tree of Life. There's there's really not a whole lot at the entrance. There's a Rainforest Cafe there, I guess, between kind of the parking lot and the entrance. I feel like I've been in there before, but I mean, it's a Rainforest Cafe. You can find them all over the United States. I will so, tell you what, what Animal Kingdom does pretty well from a, uh, if, we, if we want to start and, and go through the entire park. Starting the entrance, Animal Kingdom does do a good job of character meet and greets in the morning. And they've really ramped that up since Pandora opened because it, it does get some of the traffic stopped because you've got, you know, Donald and his, you know, a different costume. Safari Donald? You, yeah, Safari Donald. You, you've you got, you know, I've seen Tarzan there before. You, I've seen Lion King characters out. Uh, so if you do have kids, get there at park opening. And I know that they don't necessarily specify on the map that these are character meet and greet areas, but believe me, they will be there. They are there. Yep. Okay, so you cross the bridge to Discovery Island, which is where the Tree of Life is. What attractions do you have in Discovery Island? Really just one, right? You, you've got It's Tough to Be a Bug. And, and we talked a little bit about It's Tough to Be a Bug last week. So this is a 4D show similar to Mickey's PhilharMagic at uh, Magic Kingdom. It's 3D. You know, you wear 3D glasses. It's the characters from It's a Bug's Life. There's some special effects. It's a good ride. It's not a good ride to start your day with because there's there's not going to be a line for this. Or if there is going to be a line, it's going to be a very short line. This theater is huge. It holds a ton of people. And, you know, the line itself, even if you do get stuck waiting in line for this, it's not it's not a bad place to get stuck in line because walking through the line for It's Tough to Be a Bug, you get to really get a close look at the Tree of Life and the intricate carvings that are there, all the animals it's it's really a cool upfront close up view. You know, I completely agree with you there, Pete. This is not something I would do first thing in the morning. I would never set up a fast pass for this first thing in the morning, nor would I, you know, book it to hop on the first showing. But later in the day, especially as we come to these summer months, it's nice. It's air conditioned. It's uh, a nice line that you you wait through. A nice queue 
uh, from a standpoint that you do get closer and closer to the tree of life. I will point out uh, two things on Discovery Island that are not attractions that I do usually make a stop at, and that's the Island Merchandise Store. I think it's Island Mercantile is what Mm -hmm. it's called. Yep. And then the, is it the Discovery Trading Company? Discovery... I I think it's Discovery Trading Company. I I think you may be right, yeah. They're right across from each other. They are great for souvenirs. Again, not something I do first thing in the morning. But no, you can do, do this on your way out of the park later on. Right. You know, it's something on Discovery Island that, that we usually hit on our way out. And that's something that's a little different because Animal Kingdom used to be a half-day park, right? I mean, yep. I, I can't tell you how many times I've come to this park first thing in the morning and been done by 1 o'clock and gone to another park. Well, because at... Some of the times, if Dinosaur especially was closed for for uh, refurbishment, you could pretty much hit all the main, the biggies, and be out of there. But not only that, this park closes, or used to close at, at 5 o'clock, or, or 6 o'clock, or somewhere right around in that ballpark. It used to close really, really early, and it's not doing that anymore. It's open a lot later now. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right, and we, um, we did stay the full day when we went. I think we left 45 minutes before park closed, or 15 minutes. It was something, it was, it was a... Something like that because we had a dinner reservation to uh, to hit over it at Boma, but we did. Uh, we, we there were things we skipped, for example. You know that's how much that's how how busy this park can be. So other things on Discovery Island, Tiffins is there. Tiffins is the table service credit or table service restaurant at Animal Kingdom. I've never eaten there. I've heard good things about it, but it is a signature dining experience. So it is two table service credits, and it, and it is expensive. They're with you. I've never, never personally been, but heard fantastic things. Um, Flame Tree Barbecue is here. We have eaten at Flame Tree Barbecue before. Flame Tree Barbecue is great. Great food. Yep. There's also the Pizza Faris here. Uh, Creature Comforts is here. There's, there's some, you know, food and drink kiosks. Actually, there's, there's quite a bit of food and drink here at Discovery Island. So, not some place that you're going to stop walking through the park first thing in the morning, but it is here in case you need it. So let's make a left at the Tree of Life and head was, back down to Pandora. I was going to ask you let's which hit Pandora direction you first. Go. If we're doing a day in the life, this, if you didn't have a fast pass, this is exactly which direction you'd go. A- absolutely. And even if you do have a fast pass, this is probably going to be your first fast pass. So this is the direction you're probably going to go anyway. And, and Tom, you're going to have to do most of the talking here because I have not seen Pandora yet, have not been there yet, know nothing about it. Yeah, so if... You, there's two entrances, really. Uh, we're taking the immediate left. If you were to look at a map, that is by far the most crowded entrance because everyone takes that left. You can also get there through Africa, right? Yeah, you could go up to Africa, and that little trail, nobody really walks down. Uh, but, but it's anywho, a long way. It is. It is. Uh, but but getting you into Pandora, this is one of those places that I recommend you go twice when you're in the park, one time during the day, one time at night, no matter when your fast passes uh, take place. Or, or when you want to ride the attraction, for example, because it is totally different. When you hit the bridge walking to Pandora, the world of Avatar, the music changes and you no longer hear anything from Animal Kingdom. You don't see any Disney, you know, the trash cans are no longer themed with the Mickey. They have an ace, they have ace on them. The music is not, you know, Disney music that you're accustomed to, to hearing. And you've got the floating mountains, which are the, you know, main attraction from a standpoint of what you're looking at. It's really impressive. It, it does look like there's floating mountains off into the distance, the way Disney has, you know, laid them out. Uh, and then you have, you know, the two most crowded attractions right now, Navi River Journey and, and Flight of Passage, Avatar's Flight of Passage. And I tell you, I mean, you can't go wrong doing either of them once. 
but I think you would you would much prefer the flight of passage. So let's start with the Navi River Journey. Yeah, so Navi River Journey is tucked off. You can almost see both wait times if you're standing in front of Flight of Passage. You can almost catch a glimpse of what Navi River Journey's wait time's at. And and um, these are both housed in kind of the same show building, I guess. They're all but but the entrances are pretty far apart from each other. Yep, entrances are completely separate. Uh, and if if they weren't, Disney would have a huge problem on their hands because there are so many people back there. But you know, I've talked about Navi River Journey on the Tom Does Disney episode and I've referenced it in other ones. It's not a great ride. Matter of fact, it's it's not a good ride, but it is new and it does have the best animatronic I've ever seen at Disney World. And so for nothing else other than to see that at the it, it is at the end of the attraction, I don't want to give away anything else. Just be ready to pay attention because that's that's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Uh mo- moving over a little bit uh to the right if you're facing them is Flight of Passage and and we've we've talked about this one in depth. That, again, we're not we're not trying to give spoilers here, but this is one of the best attractions I've ever been on. Uh, I think it's so. The, so basic breakdown: you're you're flying on the back of a of a banshee, right? Yeah, flying on the back of a banshee. Um, without going into detail, you feel the movement of the banshee. You feel the banshee breathing. Uh, now, do you the, wear do you wear three D glasses on this? You do, and those okay. sometimes can bother me. They they didn't bother me on this, but um, this is a souped up Soren, uh, in my opinion, and you feel every twist, turn, up, down. I mean, it is it's the real deal. It is the real deal. So if if we're exiting Flight of Passage, you'll do Wind Traders. That's that's the store there. That's now is, where you get is the, Wind Traders attached to the exit to Flight of Passage? Is. Okay. Yeah, you walk right through it. That's oh, come on, it's Disney. Of course, that's a it's a really neat store. Uh, the you know Avatar and stuff didn't really turn me on, so we we spent a little bit of time in there, but it was so crowded that we just kind of kept it moving. But you didn't exit, you didn't buy a Banshee? Did not buy a Banshee for my shoulder. Nope. I saw a ton of them, though. A lot of kids had them. Did. A lot of families had them. It was funny. It started as the kid would have the banshee on his shoulder, and by the end of the night, you saw all the parents with these banshees on their shoulders. <laughs> so, uh, But the best-kept secret to me in this area is the Thule Canteen. I highly, highly, highly recommend you eat here, whether it's quick service, whether it's out of pocket. Eat your lunch here. This food was fantastic. They have very healthy options, which you don't typically see at Disney Quick Service. And it's a big restaurant. Obviously, because Disney anticipated big crowds in this area, but for some reason, it was never full the entire what, day. I was what time there. did you guys go though? We went at noon. We went really? right. So, so prime lunch time, you went and not full. We stayed there an hour. We stayed there forty five minutes to an hour because it was air conditioned. We were sitting down and we were kind of planning the rest of our day. I, I re- distinctly remember picking up a um, a dinosaur fast pass in there because I said, "What do you guys want to do next? Let's sit here and get a plan before we get up." So that's pretty much. It's, it's it's not a big area. I think that's maybe the misconception with it. It's it's a pretty tiny area. No, and if you look at it on a map, it's smaller than any other area of Animal Kingdom. It's smaller than Dino Land, it's smaller than Africa, and it's smaller than Asia. And a lot of the space is taken up by the showroom for both attractions and by all the landscaping. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a pretty small area. But definitely a not a don't do not miss part yeah. of Animal no, Kingdom. No. Yeah, you go twice. You go daytime and nighttime. To- it's totally different. When when I, I can remember my mom saying, wow, you, you weren't exaggerating. This is a totally different park than what we saw earlier today. Well, okay. So let's let's go back to Discovery Island, to the central part of Animal Kingdom, and let's talk about the Tree of Life at night and what goes on there. Yeah, another area that you can't avoid, really, on your exit 
there, there's no way to get back to the entrance without hitting Discovery Island first. Uh, Tree of Life obviously has a projection show now that we've referenced. It's not something I would sit and wait because it, it's it's not really it happens like a, a lot. Yeah, it's not a scheduled thing like you know happily ever after, and that projection show starts you know twelve minutes or whatever before the fireworks show. It it just throughout the evening you you have this projection show and you'll see animals move on the tree or you'll see the tree of life change. Uh, so it's very random, but really neat too. And you can see it kind of from behind, from between Africa and Asia too, right? You can. Uh, obviously the best viewing, if you go straight on and we did, we took a picture there. Uh, there's, there's Disney photo pass people there. And, and there's some people just standing there enjoying it and, and watching to see every change that takes place. We didn't, uh, but just, how the park, you know, is kind of configured, you, you make yourself, you know, you get back to the center. Yep. Okay. So let's, instead of going left, let's go right at the tree of life now. And let's go into Dino Land USA. Man, Dino Land. I wish they'd get rid of Dino Land, but anyway. <laughs> well, okay. I wish they would get rid of Dino Land with the exception of Dinosaur, which we'll get to in, in just a minute. Well, and Finding Nemo, I guess, is in Dino Land USA as well, right? It is. So what do you have here? You've got a dinosaur-themed playland for the kids. You've got some carnival-style games for kids. I've never seen anybody playing these. Now, I don't go at crowded times of the year, but really have never seen anybody playing these. You've got Primeval World. Hold on, hold on. Can we stop at the carnival games? Because I definitely played my last trip. Did you really? Yeah, so we were there, and my mom said, Hey, do you guys want to play any of these? And my wife and I were both, fiance then, now wife, we're both, uh, we're okay. And she went up and bought tickets. So so how, so do you pay them cash or how does that work? Yeah, so you can't go to like, you can't go per game and give cash. You go to a general ticket office that's in there and there's a bunch of different tiers. If you do the math, the top tier, so where you spend the most amount of cash, is not the best deal. Uh, it's kind of the middle of the road that's the best deal. So you guys played these. I've literally never seen anybody playing these. The, we played anytime I've gone. We played. There was a basketball game, of course. Of course, you played that first shot. Uh, made it and gave the the gift, or the, it was a stuffed animal dinosaur, I believe. Gave it to the kid next to me who had been playing, who didn't win anything. And then, um, what a classy guy. Yeah, or I'm teaching the kid that it's not about winning and losing; it's about having fun. <laughs> and then we played. It's it's a game where there's. It's like this big board, and it's all these holes, and you score differently based on where the wiffle ball falls. Okay. We didn't win a thing there. Uh, I actually airballed completely from this. I mean, there was like little three-year-old girls hitting stuff, and I, I airballed the entire board. You were overthinking it, I think. I was. I was putting backspin on it. I was I was really overthinking it. Uh, but so we spent, I think I think my mom spent six bucks, and we play, played three or four games. That's not terrible. It was more just to change it up. We were waiting for Finding Nemo, so it was, we were kind of there. Okay, so Primeval World. Have you ridden Primeval World? I have, but I have not ridden it in a long time because it, it's like a big mouse trap to me. Yeah, it's it's one of those like crazy mouse kind of roller coasters. So if you've been on one, you've been on Primeval World. Yep, I agree. Uh, what else? Triter- Triceratops Spin is there. Yeah, nothing, and that's nothing too um, exciting. You know, if you've seen Dumbo, that's that's Dumbo in the form of... There you go, with dinosaurs. The the one thing they have, the Boneyard was always kind of neat growing up as a kid. Yeah. Not something I've done recently, but it, it kind of gives you the ability to explore a dig side and, and look for dinosaur bones. 
So it's a, if, if parents, if you need to sit down and, and your kid's got a ton of energy, this is something they can have fun with. Yep. And then from a food standpoint here, there's there's lots of food options. I always, on every Disney trip for some reason, end up at Restaurantosaurus. I don't know why Just it is. burgers and salads and sandwiches. Yeah, that's, a, that's exactly what it is. But for some reason, I always end up at Restaurantosaurus. Now that Setuli Canteen is open, that may change. But I mean, I can't complain about the food at Restaurantosaurus. I think I've talked about this before on the podcast. They've got like a premium toppings bar now. So they've got like grilled onions and... Good, good melted cheese, and just ramping. They're just ramping it up to keep you coming back for more. They are ramping it up, and it's it's decent. You know, it's a decent quick service lunch. I can't complain about it. It it doesn't have a, a high amount of traffic, is what I'm trying to say. No, it doesn't, and that's probably why. Is that you know you can go at twelve o'clock, one o'clock, and not have to wait in line for forever to get food. And and again, everything is going to change now that they have mobile ordering, because I'm never going to wait in line for food again. <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. Now, let's hit the headliner here. Well, there's, there, I think there's, there's two, two headliners there's two. here. Yeah, there's two. So, so first off, we've got Finding Nemo the Musical. This is on my can't-miss list now. Yeah, it's on mine, too. I think this is great. Yeah, it was not initially, but on our last trip, my wife recommended we do this, and we had all seen Lion King before, and that's kind of what the decision came down to. Do we do Finding Nemo or do we do Lion King? And because two of the three of us, my mom and I had not seen Finding Nemo, uh, or if we had, it was years and years ago, which I, I still, I just don't think we had. That's why we chose it. And I could not have been more happy with the decision. I really, really enjoyed it. And and here's why I like Finding Nemo the musical so much is that it adds so much to the movie. It takes the movie, it adds in songs, it adds in extra scenes. It, it just adds in a ton to the movie. Yeah, It's not like... The Beauty and the Beast show that literally retells the movie with the exact same songs and the exact same scenes. And this it's not really, like Lion King. This really King. takes it up. Yeah. Lion King's completely different too, though. And we'll get to that in a minute. Yep. But this really takes it. The the giant turtle that they ride. Incredible. Like the it scenes, is incredible. The scenes are amazing here. So this is, this is kind of a can't miss for me too. It's not generally anything you have to wait in line for either. We got a fast pass and I highly recommend that. Not because the standby line is is outrageous by any means, but you did get to go into the theater a bit early, and you had your kind of pick of the seats. We got center stage on the end of the row, which was important to me, just because you can you can kind of spread out a little more, and you're, you're if you want to leave quickly right after the show ends, you're first out. You don't have to wait. Mm-hmm. We kind of hung around actually a little bit, uh, and we were far enough. We were close enough to the stage, so far enough down into the theater that we did still experience a little bit of a line exiting. But I recommend using a fast pass here. It's not necessary, but if you do want to sit down a little bit early and kind of get your lay of the land, pick where you want to sit, and then see the entire stage, uh, it, it's kind of cool. So can't miss here. And then the other kind of headliner here in Dinoland USA is, of course, Dinosaur. Great attraction. It is a great attraction when it's running, because I feel like this has been down a lot. Not so much now that they've done the refurb on it. it had but I feel a like huge this is down refurb. a lot. Yeah, yep. it did. But but just an overall good attraction. It's worth getting a fast pass for. It's worth riding at least once. If you can get here, you know, during off season, dinosaurs pretty much going to be wide open for you. When we went in December, uh, as I referenced just a second ago, we were sitting in Satuli Canteen, close to one one fifteen ish. Got a fast pass for I want to say one. 35 or something like that and as we were walking off dinosaur and it was it was a 20 or 30 minute wait so it we we definitely 
you know, I felt bad for all the people waiting because I'm like, man, their fast pass is available for literally this second. Uh, and then we we had a 2:15 Finding Nemo fast pass right after the dinosaur attraction is what I said. So we kind of stayed in Dino Land, but we hit both must sees using our you know fourth and fifth fast passes of the day. Now this was shut down on the Mendo Disney trip, correct? It was. We didn't do Dinosaur and we didn't do Finding Nemo. Uh, but again, we had a half day in Animal Kingdom that day. We did have a half day, and my wife and I did Dinosaur, and we got we got trapped on Dinosaur actually for a little bit. We were that would trapped. Be annoying. Well, it wasn't bad. We were sitting in the vehicle, actually waiting for the ride to start. And the cast members started joking and kind of doing a little show. So it, it made it okay. And it was only about 10 minutes that we were stuck there. But again, it is a must-do attraction. I don't I don't think you can miss Dinosaur if it's open. Well, well, speaking of both those attractions, if you look on the map, you kind of hit Dinosaur. If you go to Finding Nemo, you've now made your way back to Asia. Uh, you have, that, and that's that's where I that's where I'd like to go next. This so, is something we did. It is. We moved right into Expedition Everest on my last trip to Disney. You guys know how I feel about Expedition Everest. If you've listened to this podcast before, love the queue, love the ride. It's a great roller coaster. The Yeti doesn't work right. That's okay. It's still a great roller coaster. You know, Asia is a big portion of 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 um. Animal Kingdom, there's a lot there. Uh, but coming from the direction we're coming from, instead of recentering back to Discovery Island, you do walk up on the back of uh, back of Asia, kind of. You, you walk right into Expedition Everest. You know, this is this is a unique roller coaster. We broke it down in our last episode. I actually had it in a frighteningly good time category. So, you know, I, I don't know if there's anything to be said that we haven't said already. Yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great roller coaster. It's definitely worth doing. It's definitely worth going through the queue at least once as well. I, I think agree. the queue is amazing. Yeah, and and again, we've we've talked about top queues at Disney World too, and th- this is for sure one of them. Uh, there are a lot of neat things to look at. It's one that I don't mind waiting for. I I just a little tidbit: you can hit the single rider line pretty easily if you don't mind sitting separate from your party here. But you do miss the complete queue if you completely hit the single rider line. Yep, I mean, you go you go straight up the side of the ride. And you yep. completely skip the queue. But if you're looking for sheer numbers of, uh, of getting on the attraction, this is the route. I agree. Now, staying in this area, across the across the way there is Rivers of Light, uh, which is something I – and I want to hit on it because it is something that people kind of plan their day around. We found a fast pass really late for this. This was one of those we were willing to wait standby for. We're also willing to miss it if we had to. We didn't really care all that much. So it, it, you'll see the stage right across the way there. It's a decent, decently sized stage. I mean, part of it is actually across from the Finding Nemo attraction, and part of it is across from. And, and that's what I was. That's what I was going to say is that you actually go in if you have a Rivers of Light Fast Pass, you go in in Asia. But if you don't, if you have the dining package, or if you have just if you're going to standby. You actually go in in Dino Land USA, and and we had the fast pass, so we obviously went in in Asia. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> I sat through it and very technologically advanced. It's, it's a good it's a good technical show, but there's really no storyline there at all. Yeah, and it's not it's not Disney's best. You know, we've again we've we have harped on this. We hit on Disney has a storyline. You know, you look at Fantasmic, and it's good overcoming evil. Uh, as probably the underlying theme there. This one's not one that did a lot for me, but did want to hit it because we're going through all of Animal Kingdom, so we we can't not share that. And then the the other attraction that you've got in Asia is Cali River Rapids. Tom, what do you, <laughs> what do you have to say about 
Cali River Rapids. I oh man, Cali River that is a frightening attraction. You have no idea how soaked you're gonna get. I keep I keep telling people in person on the podcast if people ask me for advice, don't even bother with it. But I myself do not take my own advice. I've ridden it the last two times I've gone, and I'm not really sure why. <laughs> there are much more things to do at Animal Kingdom than Cali River Rapids and getting soaked for the day. But it's an attraction that does build up a line. We waited 40 minutes in the standby line for this. Did you last really? time I was there? Because we had a second flight of passage fast pass and uh, obviously didn't have anything else to do in between there. Yep. I would not wait 40 minutes for this ride. I wouldn't wait 20 minutes for this ride. Yeah. It's not a, uh, it's not great. Not great. You know, this is, this is the type of ride that you get on, you go through the ride, you get off and it's like, that was it. It's like you're waiting for some... You compare this ride to Splash Mountain. Well, Splash naturally, Mountain is, people do that. It's a water and, ride. And they do. It's a water ride. But Splash Mountain is so in... It's just so involved. And there's so many details in there. Cali River Rapids, you just go around and you go down some rapids and you go through a waterfall and that's pretty much it. Well, I will tell you this. The way I describe Cali River Rapids is you're always waiting for it to get going. So the momentum is there, and you're like, oh, this is a really neat scene. Or, oh, here's some fire, and oh, these rapids are kind of picking up. Oh, here's one of the big drops. But what's coming next? And it's over. And that's it. And I think Disney lost – I think Disney could have done much more with this, I guess. It, it, I don't want to say they've lost an opportunity because it is a popular attraction. It is but a popular I, attraction. It's a big ride, too. You know, I've never noticed, but looking at it on the map, it's huge. I mean, they could throw they could throw something. They could very easily theme this to, like, a Jungle Book and be a better attraction. They could throw any theming at all in there, and it would be a better attraction. I agree. I agree with you. So, Cali River Rapids kind of hit or miss. You've also got the Maharaja Jungle Trek. This is where the tigers are, monkeys, Komodo Dragon. And then this is also where Yak and Yeti is. I've eaten at Yak and Yeti quick service a couple times, never eaten at the actual Yak and Yeti table service, but I think your wife has, right? She has, and she loved it. Uh, she loves Yak and Yeti. We did not eat there on the last trip. Our table service was Boma. Our quick service was Satuli. I We did do the Jungle Trek, though, and at first I wasn't too fired up about it, but you know, the, my wife wanted to do it, and my mom was, was interested in doing it as well, so you kind of sacrifice. You're only in Animal Kingdom for one day, and we had a full day there. And so there's some stuff we kind of just bypassed. You could see that at like your local zoo. But, you know, you get a different look at, um, what is Timon? Is he a meerkat? Is that what they Timon are? Timon is a meerkat, yes. They have a pretty neat meerkat. Also, also my favorite Disney character, by the way. He is, that's right. They have a pretty neat meerkat exhibit. Uh, and they look like they're, like you want to hold them, like cute animals. And I asked a Disney cast member, I said, now, do you ever get in there with them? She's like, oh, absolutely not. These are They're vicious beasts, but it so it, they they kind of travel in a pack, and even being in a sheltered area that animal of Animal Kingdom, you know, say three or four of them are like digging up termites, the rest of them are on guard, and their head is just on a swivel because they're looking out for predators, and so it was really interesting to watch them. And we stayed there probably 15, 20 minutes just watching the meerkats kind of do their deal. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know when they're going to realize no predators coming for them, but probably not soon. But yeah, yeah the, the Maharaja Jungle Trek is really cool. And, and, and highlight the fact it is a walking, it's a walking jungle trek. Yeah, you, ain't, not, you, ain't, you ain't riding. Yeah, it's not a, uh, it's not Kilimanjaro Safari, like dumbed down. It is, it is you walking. Now, I think, Tom, at, at this point, it would be, I guess, pertinent to stop. And, and let's talk about the bathrooms at 
Animal Kingdom for a minute. In Asia specifically? No, just in Animal Kingdom. I was listening to some of our older podcasts, and I feel like we went into depth on a lot of bathrooms back at our older podcast, specifically the China bathroom. But, and I know we've had this secret before, the bathrooms in Animal Kingdom have locks on the inside so that you can actually lock yourself into the bathroom in case an animal gets loose. And if we're talking about, you know, we always talk about the China bathroom. The bathroom in Asia is early in the morning, especially not a bad stop. No, and you do get some peaceful music going in there. I have had to stop there on both my last two Disney trips. And I think the Mendu Disney, you guys found some food there to eat. I did. I ate some falafel and it was incredible. It was a snack. Okay, my best, last trip, best snack that I had at, at Disney World, hands down, was the falafel in Asia. Yeah, my last trip, they found um, like some coffee and my mom needed croquis for her sunglasses. So they went, they found like a little, you know, a little, um, not a shop, like a little vendor. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if we're talking about bathrooms, not only do they deadbolt, but there are some, there are some peaceful ones there. I like peaceful bathrooms. I'm not going to complain about that. Okay, so let's continue around to... Africa, specifically Harambe Village. And and this Harambe Village, I, I want to, you know, there was a social media craze for the gorilla named Harambe. Harambe in Disney World's Asia has been there long before. Long before. The gorilla Harambe, Harambe, Harambe the that gorilla. was shot. But of course, everyone thought, oh, Harambe, let's take a picture here. You know how social media is. So just want to clear that up before we have anybody think Mendu Disney told you about Harambe Village. And we're not we're not referencing the the late Harambe. <laughs> So what do you have here? You've got Rafiki's Planet Watch. I don't know a whole lot about this. I've, I've I don't think before. that I've ever taken the train up there before. We've done it. Um, it's definitely not the most. It's not. It's not the most effective way to spend your time, in my opinion. But people do it. I much would prefer doing the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail, which we also did last time. The Gorilla Falls had like, it had hippos, it had exotic birds, it had gorillas. You know, the meerkats might have been on this one. Instead. I, they were on one of them, but we did both. So it was either on, if you're looking for meerkats, either the Gorilla <laughs> Falls or, or the Maharaja Jungle Trek. Yeah, I, we're not sure. You have to try both of them. But they're here you, somewhere. They're, they're on one of the two. You know, the, okay. the highlight here is, again, probably two highlights. Well, first off, Festival of Lion King. Yep. That's one of them. Yeah. I mean, and not this show's great. It's something we've, you know, Pete and I have both done. We did not do it on our last Animal Kingdom trip on Mendo Disney. We did not. Our trip was a half day trip, not because not by our decision. We got not by our decision. We had to get barbecue apparently. Um, yeah, and and for those listening, just to let you know the barbecue place we went to not that not, great. Not that great. I will say the Festival of Lion King is a great attraction, great show. Pete, talk a little about that. You know, Finding Nemo adds some scenes. Beauty and the Beast is identical. We've talked, but Lion King is unique. Yeah, Lion King is very different because, you know, you do have some songs from The Lion King, but this is not a walkthrough of The Lion King. This is very different from The Lion King. So if you're coming in here expecting to, oh, we're going to relive The Lion King movie, no, not even close. There will be songs from The Lion King, but this is very audience-involved. There's a lot of puppetry, juggling, just... It's it's a good show. I think there's some fire at one point. This is, you know, I almost compare it to like medieval times from the way they divide the viewers. Yes, yes. Where you have like your team. This is a this is a really really good show. There are a lot of acrobats. 
it's high, high energy and very interactive. So we're finding Nemo has zero interaction with the audience. It is much more, I mean, would you say much more like a Broadway setting for Finding Nemo and much more like a, you know, this get is, out of your seat? Yeah, this is more of a of a Myrtle Beach type Medieval yeah. Times or Dixie Stampede or something like that show. Yeah, there's a lot, there, there's, there's much more involvement with the, and, and kids get up in this one. I mean, they, they will invite your kids up into the celebration uh, where Finding Nemo is more reserved. So th- this one's definitely unique and if I, I don't know what I would pick if I had to pick between the two. You know, fortunately, I've been blessed to go to Disney World multiple times, and, and I've seen both of them. I guess in a perfect world, you could see both in, a, in the same day, but sometimes your schedule doesn't line up like that. I mean, if you're here for a full day, you should be able to get both of them. Well, the show times don't go as long as the hours go. That's the tricky part. That's that's true. So, But in, plan your fast passes accordingly. Yeah. Now, this is one that is an absolute, you do not miss it if you go to Animal Kingdom. This is Kilimanjaro Safari. Yeah, and this is, I think I've This is on the, the level of, like, flight of passage of you I think I've that. called this the crown jewel of Animal Kingdom before. I and I'll, I'll refer to it as the same thing. I mean, this really is. You know, I don't know if this has been a Disney secret before, but did you know that Animal or that Magic Kingdom could fit inside of Kilimanjaro Safaris? I, I know it's been a Disney secret for our, our text leading up to the trip, and it may have been one. On our podcast, that's a really crazy stat. And if you look on a map, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to guess it because I don't think you can fit the entire thing on the Disney map. <laughs> no, it's 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 gigantic. You see so many animals here, and and there's no telling what your trek on Kilimanjaro Safaris is going to be like because everyone is different. There, again, there's all kinds of animals here: crocodiles, hippopotamus, rhinos, lions zebras i mean whatever everything's out here everything that you associate with africa is on kilimanjaro safaris that's probably my favorite thing about it you know if, if you ride we'll, we'll reference animal kingdom for a second navi river journey is navi river journey is navi river journey i mean it's mm-hmm. the same thing every time you, you ride it kilimanjaro is never the same i've never once been and i've been on this ride God, countless know, times 20 30 40 50 times i mean a ton of times you can ride it six times in a day good luck, but theoretically, or hypothetically rather, it'd be six completely different, um, you know, experiences. We were fortunate enough to ride it by no, this was pure luck, about 10 a.m. on our last trip, and they happened to be feeding the animals, and it was almost like we were three seconds behind the guy setting up the feeders. So he had cleared out of the area, and then we come rolling through, and every animal is up moving to where they're fed, uh, including the lion. That's cool. so we never really got an interrupted experience. And I'm sure Disney knows what they're doing on that to where you don't have, you know, employees out there setting up feeders. You know, I'm sure that was by design that we didn't see him. But it was, you know, my wife's favorite animal is a giraffe. And there were baby giraffes, there were full-grown giraffes, and they were all out and about. Now, and I mean, in, something interesting about this ride is that there used to be a storyline associated with it. where Totally gone. There, were, there was a group of poachers, there was a, a mama elephant and a baby elephant. You had to save the baby elephant. The mama elephant got killed. It, it was dark. And totally gone. No references I, at all. I would venture to say for their charities that they promote, I bet more people donated when they had the dark story than when they what they do now. Yeah. I, I personally do not like the fact they got rid of the story. I think in general, I don't want to dive into the politics side of it or the societal side of it, but 
I do think adding a story to something makes it resonate more with, with people. And if you are trying to make a change, that's real life. I mean, that's what happens. Let's not sugarcoat things. It is, but you know, this is Disney, right? And and this attraction doesn't really need a story to stand on its own. I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, totally. You know, it did not change my experience necessarily from a standpoint. And if I had never ridden it before and I was a first timer and wrote it, wouldn't think differently of it. I mean, we got chased by an ostrich on our last well, I was on the Mendo Disney that. trip. Yeah, yeah, Mendo Disney. We we were uh, one of the guys who was a listener of the podcast was chased by an ostrich. But he got, I mean, he got some really, I think he got some pretty cool photos of it too. He got some. He got a, he got a great video and some cool pictures. I mean, this ostrich was within a foot of our jeep. And, and of course, you know they don't. You know they let the animals roam free in their area, and Disney doesn't. You know, if that happens, if a giraffe pokes his head in the uh, in the van or bus, whatever you want to call it, that's fine. That's totally, you know, if, if an animal's crossing the road, Disney doesn't rev the engine and try to get it moved quicker. They just wait. No, they, they stop and they wait. And I did want to say something about that. The cast members that drive the trucks on this ride and spiel on this ride, they've got to be really, really conscious of the animals. This is a very difficult ride for cast members to, to do because they've got to be conscious of, the, you know, not only do they have to talk to the guests, they have to tell the guests what's going on around them, but they also have to make sure that they're within a certain distance from the, the Jeep in front of them, certain distance from the Jeep behind them. They have to be conscious of where the animals are. You know, they can't, if the animals are crossing the road, they have to stop. They don't have a choice. So there's a, there's a lot that goes into this from a cast member standpoint. And they are actually driving. There is not a track. There is nothing that they are connected to. They are driving the vehicle. Now, Disney does have a massive, as you can imagine, remember what Pete just said, this attraction alone is as big as Magic Kingdom. Bigger, a little bigger than Magic Kingdom. So they do have a massive GPS system where they can kind of notify trucks, hey, you know, the truck ahead of you had to stop, What you know, not waste some time, but spend some more time where you are now. And whoever's running that little logistical operation, that's a heck of a job. That's a, a very important job. Because you really yep. don't, you can see other, you know, other park visitors in their van. But or, not real close. But it's not, you're not like bumper to bumper. You know, that that's obviously a huge highlight uh, in, in Africa. And I think that I said Tiffin's was the only table service restaurant at Animal Kingdom. That is not correct. There actually is another table service restaurant here in Africa, and that is Tusker House. I think this is a character buffet. I was just I've, I've never eaten here before. I was going to ask, is it a character buffet at night, too? I, I don't know if it is at night. I know it isn't for breakfast. Okay. But I don't know if it is at night. Yeah. You know, back in the day, 2000s. There was a Donald breakfast that took place, but and when we went to it, Matt, for, former podcast uh, third, is one of his favorite places as well. So I know he went multiple times, but I cannot remember what it was named. But anywho, yeah, that is a uh, that is a table service, and that's in uh, you, you can find that in Africa. Some other spots you can hit. Yeah, uh, we, we've referenced the Harambe fruit market and the Harambe market in general. There is some food there uh, for the lunch and dinner. It's like ribs, chicken, sausage. I think they serve beer there as well. Other and and there's a little um there's a little Zuri's sweet shop or something like that uh, to, to get some African sweets. Something we didn't necessarily hit that does occur in Animal Kingdom and in pretty much every part of this. There's live entertainment in Animal Kingdom. All throughout a the day. A lot of it. And that's something that is pretty unique to this this park. Uh, the amount of times these shows take place, the interaction level is, is pretty high, especially if you have children. There's most dan- there's dancing in the street. That's a really, really, really neat part of Animal Kingdom because the music is 
uh, it matches the area you're in. So if you're in Asia or you're in Africa, even Pandora, the world of Avatar has its own unique themed music. So that's a pretty cool part as well. And and look for the creepy vine tree thing. Have you ever seen that before? I have seen the vine. Yes. She, it typically is a woman on stilts dressed in vines and she blends and her, in. Her name, her name is actually Divine. Divine. Yeah. She blends in extremely well. Uh, just kind of meanders around through through some of the areas of the park. So look out for Divine. Making our way out of Africa back to Discovery Island, I guess now is the time to re-reference some of the you know the the stores there, uh, the Island Mercantile as we mentioned earlier, and the Discovery Trading Company. I will say I recommend you go there at the end of your evening on your way out of the park. But say you were to go there in the beginning, totally fine. Your your vacation, you can have your purchases sent to the front of the park. And pick them up on your way out so you don't have to lug them around all day. And I don't think we've referenced this enough. This is a great thing that Disney does at all the parks. Not just at Animal Kingdom. You can do it at Magic Kingdom. You can do it at Hollywood Studios. You can do it at uh, Epcot as well. We did it at Hollywood Studios when we bought our wives the chip mugs. Or coffee mugs. We did. I I did it at Magic Kingdom too. I think that was at Magic Kingdom. No, no, no. I, I remember where we bought it. We missed it at Magic Kingdom and you were like, dude, we're not going to find it again. And that was my one task to bring this coffee cup home. <laughs> and we found it like in the Muppet area. But I know that they do it at Magic Kingdom as well. My wife and I have bought things at Magic Kingdom and they'll send them to the front gate for you. You can pick them up. So same thing here. Well, you know if what you they used to do? They, what's that? They used to send them to your room. Well, they still do, but you, it has to be, I think it's, I think you have to be there for another 24 or 48 hours after you buy it and now, or something like that. Do they also send them to your home? I think they can, but I think they may charge to ship for that. But not charge to give it to get it to your room. No, I, I know for a fact that we ordered some stuff when my wife and I went on our last trip, we bought some stuff at Magic King or at uh, at Hollywood Studios and it, it was sent to our room. And no charge. You left it and it no was, charge. And it was good. Nope. It was just sent to our room. Yeah, so that that's a cool little Disney secret if you didn't know it. We we don't reference that enough. And that's something we do use on all our trips. You know, I can yeah, tell I mean, you, it's, nobody wants to carry around merchandise their whole day at the park. While we're talking about it, our last trip, uh, my family's last trip with my mom and wife, we bought some things in Epcot. And in Epcot, it is actually outside of the park. Uh, so once you exit the little shops to the left, they went out of the park, got all the merchandise, while Illuminations was starting, then we walked back in to watch Illuminations because that, that area gets really crowded at the end of the night because of everyone who sent their package up there. So we'd already grabbed our package about 30 minutes prior to Illuminations and, and missed that entire wait. But other than that, is there, is there anything else you have for Animal Kingdom? I think that's pretty much it. I think we've hit everything. There are animals scattered throughout the park that we didn't really mention. But So as you're walking around the park, you know, you may see flamingos or monkeys or you know whatever as you're walking by but other than that i I think we've pretty much covered everything you know the only other thing i can think that we did not hit the character meet and greets are symbolized by a little mickey mickey head symbol on the map you know we didn't go into every area there's a character meet and greet but it's easily identifiable on your park map if you grab one that morning or if you look in the disney app and uh, cast members are obviously there to help you. So if you do have children, Animal Kingdom, that is one thing they're really good at. They have a lot of character meet and greets. They do have a lot of character meet and greets. Not Again, not our cup of tea, but they are there for those who do enjoy them. You know, you, you say not our cup of tea. It's currently not our cup of tea. But when your daughter starts going, it, it will very much be a part of your vacation. It's very, it's very much going to be my cup of tea at that point. 
All right, so with that, I think that's pretty much all we've got for Animal Kingdom. Let's go into the secret and trivia question. What do we got this week, Tom? Secret is going to take us back over to uh, the Magic Kingdom. And if you have seen the nighttime fireworks show, you've seen, you've seen, you will see, you will have seen, you know, and if you've seen that nighttime fireworks show over at Disney World uh, in the last decade, you will have seen what I'm about to, about to share here. I will go ahead and caution you if you have children listening, go ahead and earmuff them uh, j- just to be safe here. But you will know, and you know, you all know in the nighttime show at Magic Kingdom, Tinkerbell magically flies over one of the most iconic areas of Disney World. She flies out of Cinderella Castle uh, and into the distance. However, this is a little Disney magic uh, uncovered here. She's given quite a hefty push from the window that she flies out of. And if she's not shoved hard enough, uh, she will not have enough momentum to complete her fly. The When they cast people for this role, uh, it is imperative that they have an unbelievable amount of body strength, upper body strength, and core because they would have to hand over hand sway their way uh, to the end. So they would actually have to fly then. <laughs> That's a long way. And so I, I, I've never once seen where Disney had a mishap here. I would imagine they would just turn turn her lights off uh, and she would have to kind of, because she's, she's out there on an island. So, I mean, she'd have to work her way back to where she can get helped. And, and I think I've seen the lights go off before she's gotten to the end before. Yeah, I'm sure that that is their... That's their uh, cue, and maybe she can say, "Hey, I'm not gonna make it," and uh, and they hide her away from everyone and, and turn the attention back toward the castle. But this is one of the most iconic things done at Disney World. I can remember this all the way back as a child. I mean, I can remember this when I was very little. So th- this is this is a can't miss thing, and um, did want to share the little interesting tidbit to just give the cast member who does perform this a little credit because they they uh, they work their tail off to be able to be in the shape that they need to be to, to make this happen. Now, moving over from the secret, moving to the trivia question from last week, if you remember, it was what is unusual about most of the books in the library of the Haunted Mansion. Uh, and so the scene we referenced is is when you, you, know, you see all the books on the wall in the library of the Haunted Mansion. Interestingly enough, they are painted images. That's not something you, nece- you really notice. I mean, you don't think about it. You know, you're really, you're, your focus in this room is on the bus of the ghost writers that are staring at you as you as you travel through the room. You're not really looking at the books. Right. Now, moving over to this week's trivia question. And again, you can you can submit your answers on our Twitter at Podcast or our Gmail at mendowdw at gmail.com. This week's trivia question. Who was the first athlete to say, we're going to Disney World after winning a championship? Obviously, one of the iconic deals when you win the uh, Super Bowl is to scream, we're going to Disney World. We're looking for the first person to have done this here's your hint it was super bowl 21 and the player who did it was a career new york giant that's all we're going to give you uh, we'll, we'll give you a little more history on that but again it was who was the first athlete to say we're going to disney world after winning a championship uh, and it was a super bowl super bowl 21 uh and and last time you can tweet us at mendu wdw podcast or you could email us at mendu wdw at gmail.com okay anything else for tonight i think that's it Okay, so that's all we have for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed tonight's podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have in your time. We'll see you next week.